Okay, so you see some people you know, right? That was Monday night after about a 10-hour trip on the road. I won't say all drive time because we stopped, you know, but about 10-hour trip roughly. We get there, we kind of settle in, and, uh, and you need to do a group picture. I, I always call that like before, you need a before and an after. Before. Yeah, this is the before picture. Wait till you see the after picture at the end. Like right now, everybody looks, see all those smiles? Don't they look like they have so much energy? Wait till you see the last picture. Okay, it's not that bad. It's really not. But a lot of energy here. Uh, the people you don't see, some of the adults you'll see later. But this is, this is the group that, that started camp. And, uh, you know, it, on the way up there, who, who rode with me on the way up? Kaya. Kaya rode with me. Kaya controlled the phone and the music for most of the trip <laughs> all the way up. So whoever was sitting with me, they got the phone. We, we passed it around a little bit, but whoever was sitting in the uh, passenger seat got the phone most of the time. And we just had a great time. We just, you know, talked. And I had a lot of different people that rode with me throughout the uh, trip to all the different places we went. And, uh, and that, that's just a good way to get to know people. It's a lot of fun. All right, what's our next picture? Well, that looks the same. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, we need to watch that again. Yeah. It was kind of short. This is the blog. Yeah. Can, can you do it again? <laughs> I don't know who the guy was jumping off that thing. Um, but that was uh, Autumn, I think, that was being blogged. All right, so I got scratches on my knees. I got scratches on my feet. <laughs> uh, different things hurt, <laughs> you know, jumping off the platform. Uh, I was up there the first time I looked down, I'm like, I'm too old for this. I shouldn't be doing this. But I did it a lot, you know. I, I wound up jumping off that thing a lot. It's more fun to jump off of it than to be thrown off of it. That other end is, is less fun than just jumping off of it. But uh, we've got a lot of video of that. And um, if, if you're not connected with the Facebook page, you need to do that, okay? You need to find that because that's where most all the pictures and video uh, will be. And, you know, we, won't, we got back Friday night, and, of course, things were posted during the week, but uh, more got posted yesterday, and, and I still have a lot of video that, that hasn't been posted. Things from tubing have not been posted. Things from whitewater rafting, a lot of that has not been posted. But it'll go on the Facebook page first. So if you, you want to see some of that, that's where you need to be as far as that goes. But this was the blob, and it was a lot of fun. And we did this for two days. So we had a time slot. We had to request a slot, so they need staff down there for that. And we did it two different days because our group just loves it. And both years we've gone, we've done that. And Jennifer got some great video from kind of her angle of it. Uh, we've got some GoPro video of it jumping off and flying off. We've got some of that. And then um, uh, Amber, the lady that works at Wayfloy, who was standing up there, she got some video of that as well. But just, just a lot of fun. You know, if you hadn't flown into a pond lately, it's worth the try. It really is. All right, what we got next? That's Justin in a romper. I don't really know why that video is choppy. I don't know. Sorry about that. But that's at the beginning of our whitewater rafting trip. We had 19 people that went down the river, and we got them all back at the end. We started with 19. We ended with 19, right? 
we had a couple people go out of the boat. We got them back, so that was fun. A um, lot of GoPro video from the whitewater, and again, we'll just we'll try to get that posted uh, so y'all can see that and see what the rapids were like. There was uh, at least one time for Tyler and I when we were, I mean, my head was still out of the water, but the rest of me wasn't, right? I mean, we, I, the boat, the front of the boat was down, all the water was coming up, and I didn't know if we were coming back up. Like, I thought this thing's going this way. That's what, that's what it felt like. You're going down the river, I thought, we hit a rock, we're just going to drop, just like that. But it didn't. It popped back up and everything was fine. But we had, we had a lot of fun in that. And um, uh, whitewater rafting uh, is always it. I ask all the students, you know, what was your favorite part? You know, if you just had to pick one thing, what would you pick? And whitewater rafting is, is, if it's not the top answer, it's one of the top answers. I got a very diverse um, number of answers, but, but that one comes out as one that everybody really likes. All right, what else we got? All right, more rafting pictures. Let's see, that's the boat with Ryla and who else is that? Sebastian, McKenzie, and Miranda. All right, that's their boat. We have four boats, by the way. All right, Jennifer, Mercedes, Alyssa, Justin, and Romper, and Cassie. That's the truth. Lucas, Ryan, Kaya. Brooke. And Kathy, the brave soul. Kathy the brave right there with her group. Oh, this was the best boat right here. Somehow I managed to find the camera person. I saw them. Okay, you see, uh, so we got, we got uh, Harley, Autumn, Tyler, Bree, and myself. And you see that Tyler's wearing the GoPro? Okay, he's wearing it on his helmet. See that? Okay, so what we brought, we brought the equipment to put it on your chest. And that's what we had and what we started with. And I don't think Tyler planned this at all, but he just happened to pick up a helmet that had the connector for the GoPro. So when we got there, oh, we need to do this. So we connected it to his head. And then the downside to that was I spent about half the trip saying to him, look over there, look over there, look over there, turn your head, <laughs> turn and look this way. But you know, I just wanted video of it and it was on his head, it wouldn't move. So he had to turn and look at all those things. So we did a lot of that. And uh, when we post some of those videos, you'll see it because I pop up every now and then and just look and make sure it's working and then make sure it is recording and how much battery do we have left. Um, but that was just a complete surprise that we were able to do the, the helmet side of it and it made for some really good video when you're going through uh, the river. What else we got? Okay, some of these people, they're all here today. They're all right over here. They're, they look, they're the ones that look tired right there. I never, believe it or not, I never had a picture of all of our adult leaders at one time. They're all broken up in different pictures. I don't have like a group picture of all of you at one time. All of us, I'll say that. So I just, I grabbed this picture because I just, I just wanted to, to talk a little bit about um, everybody who went. So first, just thank you for going. And I know you didn't do it for thanks and I know you didn't do it for recognition. But, you know, about halfway through the week, I'm, I'm watching all of these folks. They're up before the sun's up. Everybody else is asleep, you know, waiting on breakfast at 8 or 8.30 or something like that. But they're up before the sun's up. They're making coffee. They're cooking bacon. They're making biscuits. They're doing this kind of thing. And then they're going to have a kitchen crew. They're going to have some students that are going to join them in a little while and kind of help and get set up and serve and all of that. But, but they were in there. 
and they were in there early. And then late at night, you know, when everybody else has gone to bed, there's still things going on, still work being done. And so um, I, just, I just can't thank you enough. You know, you, you give a, a week of your life. Uh, some of you took off work to do this. And, um, and then when you get there, it's, it's just not a vacation. You know, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of fun, and you get to do a lot of things. But, but it is a lot of work, and uh, you just, I just want to thank you for it. Thank you for doing that. Some of you have said, hey, I want to go next year. Um, and, and by the way, we want you to go. We do. All the pictures are of the fun things. We don't take pictures of the hard stuff. But there's a lot of hard stuff. There's a lot of difficult things to do. And again, just thank you for doing that. You, you do, as an adult, you come away with, you, you know the students so much better, do you not? Because you get a lot of time to talk and, and spend time with students and just get to know students. But I want to thank everyone who went. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for it, you know, just investing part of your life in the ministry to the students that went on this trip. All right, do I have another one? I just took this one, uh, I think it was Thursday. Might have been Wednesday night. Might have been Wednesday night. And so we're getting ready for something. I can't remember, but it's, it's on over in the evening. And I'm sitting over where our computer and sound equipment's located. And just kind of across from me is a group of students. What were y'all playing? Uno? Uno. Uno, yeah. They're playing Uno, and um, they're just laughing and cutting. I got video of this. They haven't seen it yet. But I just sat there and videoed them for a little bit, just listening. And they're just having fun. They're, they're talking. They're laughing. They're cutting up with each other. And it's just kind of one of those relaxed moments at camp. And it's just just beautiful you know and I just took a picture of it because I wanted to say of all the things we do in camp because there are a lot of activities you know there's the Bible study there's all those things but then there are moments like this when you're just sitting around the table just having fun playing board games and things like that in this case Uno and there's Miss Patsy saw you in that picture I gotta ignore the guy sleeping on the couch ignore that the picture's not of him okay it's it's Alyssa in the front and and I, took, I brought this picture because she's got her Bible there. She's got her book for all our sessions. And I think that's the devotional book, too. Is that right? So she's got all the, the stuff, you know, the Bible, the thing you're going to take, the book you're going to take notes in, and then the devotional book, which starts um, after you get back. So if, if they started their devotional book yesterday, that would have been day one. And they basically got a 30-day devotion going forward when you come out of camp so it's not just the 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 camp messages and content because they had they had devotions every day and they had a book to kind of record that in and answer questions and write things down but now they've got a devotion that takes them forward for another month and uh, if you think about it i mean if, if you go to camp and you do all that content and you listen to all those things and it becomes a spiritual experience for you and you have the devotions and then you get back and you carry that forward for another month, you, you see the pattern it develops, the kind of habits that it develops. And that's, that's part of what we're trying to do in camp with making sure all of our students had those kinds of materials. All right, do I have, how many more have I got? Two more? Okay, um, that's the after picture. It's a beautiful place, right? But when you see this picture up close, when you, when this, I don't, I don't know, if, is this one posted already? Okay, zoom in on this picture and look at the faces when you see it. And uh, this, is the, this is the day we're leaving. We're cutting through what's called the Foothills Parkway. And there's a couple places to just pull off the road and see some things there. And it's just really beautiful. And each year we've tried to stop and do a picture there. So I guess after a few years, we'll be able to show each 
group each year. So the group always changes, right? And it always will change. All right, what else we got? Huh. Baptisms. So these are the first two baptisms that we did. Um, the next day we had a third baptism, and the next morning there was a fourth baptism. So we have four baptisms at camp. We're going to do another baptism this afternoon. That'll be five this week. Isn't that great? So they asked me about baptism, and I knew we had two to be baptized going into this, and we talked about it before we went. And so we kind of knew that was going to happen. And what I wanted to do was just make sure that, that our group understood, you know, if you, if you believe, the next step is to be baptized. That's the very next step. It's, it's really one of those first steps of obedience that you take. If you believe in Jesus Christ, be baptized. You don't have to have your life perfected. You don't have to say, well, I've got to get some things straightened out before I get baptized and all that. Well, that's, that's not in the Bible. People believe and they get baptized and then, you know, they go forward. Their life begins to change over time. But you don't have to reach a certain point before you get baptized. And so we talked about those things and that was part of why we had additional baptisms uh, during the camp week. But belief and baptism, baptism symbolizes that belief better than anything else I know of. You know, Jesus gave it to us. It is the symbol of death and resurrection. It's the symbol of the old passing away and the new beginning. And all of that means faith. And, and that's why I wanted you to see that you can't put a picture of faith up there. You know, there's no such thing as a picture of faith. But there is a picture of baptism and how that symbolizes true faith. And that's what it's all about. And that's really, with all the fun and all the good things we do at camp, that's really what it's all about right there, is people meeting Christ and growing in their faith in Him. All right, go have one more. That's it. All right, show that in. This was the, the title for the content. Okay, so all the, the booklets the students have, have, the booklets they still have, the devotional book going forward, it was all based around this, that this changes everything. And it was built off of how our life in Jesus Christ changes. So if anyone is in Christ, if anyone believes in Him, old things have passed away, all things become new. And then it worked around the story of the prodigal son. So I want to read that uh, parable to you, and then I want to talk about that just a few moments today before we're gone. So this is Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 11. It's the third of three stories that Jesus told people who don't go to church. These are the stories that Jesus told to people who couldn't go to the synagogue, that didn't go to the temple, they weren't religious people. He wanted them to know three things, and he gave them three stories. So here's the third one. He said, a man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together, and he went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered, he wasted his estate with loose living. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and he hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country, and that man sent him into the fields to feed pigs. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired men have more than enough bread? And I'm dying here of hunger. I'll get up and I'll go to my father and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired men. So he got up and he came to his father. 
While he was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion for him, and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And his son said to the father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, quickly, bring out the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf, kill it, and let's eat and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. And they began to celebrate. Would you pause with me for prayer? Our Father in heaven, you taught us to call you Father. You have revealed yourself as the perfect Father. And then you give us a story like this through Jesus, your Son. So as we think of this today, Lord, once again, would you remind us of how you bring us home. In Jesus' name, amen. So what we did, we, we took that parable and we looked at it from different perspectives. And the first night, we kind of looked at it from the, from the perspective of, well, we, we looked at, my first night was to look at it from the perspective of the Father and what He did. And let me just kind of tell you something that happens at camp. We, we went to the same camp that my wife and I have been going to since 1984. So we've been to this camp a lot. And I kind of have some places in camp that just mean a lot to me, you know. And so every time I get there, I always head to the bridge. And those of you who've been to camp, you kind of know where the bridge is, right? There's three of them, but when I say the bridge, I mean the bridge. Not just one of the bridges, the bridge. So that's where I went. And uh, when I get there, I always stand in the same place every single time. And then the water coming over the waterfall drowns everything else out. Can't hear anything. Nothing but the water and Jesus. That's it. That's all you can hear. And that's what I do every time that I go. And so I got there, stood there, let the water drown everything out. And just in my mind, in my heart, I know Jesus always meets me there. And he always has something to say. He always reminds me of things in the past. He always kind of hints at things for the future. And he always says, this is what you need to do. Every single time. And so uh, on the first day, before we did our first session, that's where I was. And I just knew things were going to be good. You know, I just knew it. So I prayed and I talked to him a little bit. I tried to listen for a little bit. And then it's time for me to go and get to doing things. And when it was my night to speak about the prodigal son, it was my night to speak about the father. And, and here's what I want you to know about the father in this parable. His son did him wrong, right? His son said, I want my inheritance. I know you're not dead yet, but um, can I have my inheritance now? Really kind of rude. Packed up all his stuff and left. And then wasted it all. Blew it all. That's the story Jesus tells. When he, the scripture says, came to his senses, he decides to come back home, but he understands he's going to have to come back home more as a worker, not really as a son. And I, I told the students this. I don't know how Jesus tells that story. Like, I don't know how many times Jesus told it, and I don't know how he told it without crying, you know? I, I just don't know how Jesus... I can't imagine Jesus telling that story without crying because he knows what hangs in the balance, what it takes to make that happen, and how the Father loves us all. That's what Jesus knows. And so when Jesus tells the story, the son decides to take the step to go back home but as soon as the father sees him, he runs to him. Runs to him. He doesn't sit on the porch and say, well, there he is. Finally made it back. I knew this day would come. 
When he gets here and he apologizes, then we'll work it out. We'll talk it out. As soon as he says, I'm sorry, then we'll go forward. But that's not the way Jesus explained it at all. When the father saw his son, he ran to him. You can say it like this. There was nothing to forgive. Can you hear that? It's not that the son didn't actually do something worthy of forgiveness. It's just when he got ready to come back to his father, as far as the father was concerned, it was a done deal, right? The forgiveness was already there. The forgiveness was, was done in advance. He was just waiting for the son to come back. Forgiveness was already handled. And isn't that the way it works for you right now? I mean, if you think about it. If, if you were here today and today was your first day of believing, like today was your really like the first time you ever really believed that Jesus Christ is alive, that he that he died on a cross that he rose from the dead. You actually believe that. Well, all of your sins in that moment are forgiven. But here's here's the way it happened. They were forgiven 2000 years ago. Does that make sense? He paid for them back then. He rose from the dead to say, it's finished. All those things are done. And so as soon as we, as the prodigal children, begin to come back home, the father just rushes in because everything else is already covered. It's, it's already, he's not waiting for us to, to, to do some kind of big apology. He's already forgiven us. And so we respond to that with, I'm sorry, Lord. I know I did a lot of things wrong. I know I messed a lot of things up. And I want to come back home. But as far as the Father's concerned, it's already been done. It's already been done. Look, I, I, I don't know if that gets to your heart or not. But your forgiveness, your eternal life, all the peace and good things that God would bring to you here and now, He did all of that, prepared all of that, paid for all of that, did that deal. He did all of that 2,000 years ago. All of it. One of the things we do as a church is when we gather together, we say thank you for that. And when other people are with us that are not believers yet, what they're doing is they're watching us say thank you. They're watching us worship. They're watching us be grateful for what God has done. And, and, and what happens is it's in the heart of every person. Because what does every person really want? We covered this at camp too. Every person really wants to know what it is to be alive. Because, you know, they think they have life, but they don't. That's why when people try things in this world, you know, they try the different things that make them feel better or, or more alive or whatever, those things always wear out. They always run out. They always go away. They always leave you still hungry for more. But the true life that people are looking, the thing they're looking for, the real alive feeling, that only comes from the Spirit, and that comes from God. So they're looking for something like that. They're looking for um, something that lasts forever. And I, I kind of talked about this at camp a little bit. Why is it when you turn on the, the music and you listen to the new songs, or any song for that matter, why are almost all the songs about relationships? I'm, I'm right, right? Nearly every song's about a relationship. You know, I love you, I hate you, where did you go, why did you leave? You know, they're all the same basic themes, right? All the songs, they're all about relationships. Why? Why is, why is that the big seller? I mean, they could write songs about sunrises and sunsets and pretty birds, I guess, but who would buy it? Right. And by the way, I listen to a lot of student music this week, you know, letting the students pick the songs. They don't pick songs about beautiful sunrises. They pick songs about relationships. Right. 
Why is that in our heart? You know, why are we like that? And it's because it's written in us, right? We're all looking for a type of love that really lasts forever. And then, and here, here's the thing. So if, you, if you'll just kind of catch this. Everybody's looking for a kind of love that lasts forever. And the first thing we think is we're going to find it in a person. That's not necessarily wrong. We just think it's in a person that it's not. It's only in the person of Jesus Christ. That's where an eternal kind of love comes from. And, and if you don't believe that, then just, just hear what the Bible says about God. God is love. Right? He is. Today's my wedding anniversary. I know you are clapping for Michelle. <laughs> you are clapping for her. 29 years today. 29 years. So June 24th, do the math, 1989. I don't have to do the math. My mother made me a sign and put it on the wall for me to keep forever so I wouldn't forget my anniversary. I'm not kidding. It hangs up in my bedroom. You know, it's a sign. <laughs> she, she gave it to us, and everywhere we've ever lived, I've taken that thing and hung it up where I could see it so I'd never forget my anniversary. You know, I got it. That was a good move, Mom. June 24th, 1989, that was the beginning of a marriage. And one day there'll have to be an end of a marriage, right? Because marriage is until what? Till what? Till death do we part. The day that, that she and I got married, I did vows, and she did vows. And we did, we did the same exact vows. And part of those vows includes this, 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 and this, until death do we part. Okay? So as far as this world is concerned, marriage has a beginning. And it has an end. But marriage was designed by God. You know, God put that together. That's God's idea. And it's supposed to teach us something. It's supposed to be a, a living, breathing example of something greater. It's God's way of putting something in this world to tell us about something that's greater than this world. It, it's here and now. We can see it and live in it and experience it. But it's to teach us about something that's spiritual and lasts forever. And so don't be surprised at all when you're reading in the New Testament and the church is called the Bride of Christ. And to take that analogy, you know, even further, we, when we believe we are now married to Christ. But that's a marriage that lasts forever. That's what that is. It's a marriage that lasts forever. Any marriage you have in this world, as great as it might be, as long as it may last. And we got some people who've been married a long time in this room. But those have an end. And the one you're really looking for, the one your heart is really after, is that marriage to Christ. It is a love that is truly, it makes you alive, and it lasts forever. Now, from the story of the prodigal son, you can connect those two points. Because the, the father is going to celebrate the return of his son. Because what happens when, when one who is lost comes back home? That's right. They're found, and they are found forever. Again, I don't know how Jesus told the story without crying, because he knew what it cost. So there's a feast, and so Jesus talks about this feast. They're going to kill the fatted calf. They're going to throw a big celebration. They're going to have a big party. I mean, how did Jesus even talk about that without, without tears coming down his face? Because he knew what it was going to cost to have that celebration. It was going to cost him. Literally, like it would cost him. I don't mean cost from him. It cost him. Him. 
We sang about it today. Above all, right? That's what he was willing to do for us so that we could be with him forever. There's a verse, and I'm, I'm not going to look it up. I just want to remind you of it, okay? When you go over to Revelation and you start reading, you'll, you'll find a couple of verses and it'll say this. Jesus says, to those who overcome, I will grant to you that you can sit with me in my throne as I have sat down with my father in his throne. Sounds like a big group hug, right? Key word is with. With. God wants you with him. Jesus wants you with him forever. And the only way that could be possible was if Jesus would pay for that with his own life. I'll tell you one story and I'm done. I told the students this <laughs> this week. Uh, the guy's name is Bob Goff and he's crazy. Funnest guy you can listen to talk. Tells great stories. But Bob's son used to skydive. Scary to have a son to skydive, right? Yes. So Bob's son used to skydive, and, and Bob would, you know, drop his son off at the airport, and then he didn't want to watch. You know, he didn't want to see that happen. But finally, but he said, you know, to be with my son, I decided I would learn how to skydive. So old man Bob's going to learn how to skydive. So he didn't want his son to know, so he kind of kept it a secret. So his son was gone at work or whatever during the week, Bob would go and he would take lessons and he would learn how to skydive. And then one Saturday when they went to the airport, you know, Bob parked the car, got out, went with his son. They grabbed the equipment and his son, you know, was thinking, what are you doing, Dad? He said, I'm going to skydive today. He didn't know about this. The son didn't know about this. So they went through all that. They got on the plane. And basically, you, you know, I don't know the exact terminology, but the, the basics of it is you walk to the end, you kind of bend down a little bit and you jump. That's what you do. Got a little, you go there, you stop, bend over, and out the plane you go. You jump. So Bob's son, it's time to go. They're up there. They're at the right height. Everything's ready. His son jumps up, walks over there, does the little stop thing, bends down, leans over, out the plane he goes. Bob just jumps up and runs right out the door. Jumped out of his shoes to get out of the plane. His son had just jumped out of the plane. And Bob said... Bob said never in his life had he experienced that emotion. He, his son jumped out of a perfectly fine plane, and Bob wanted to be with his son. He wanted to be with his son so bad, he forgot all protocol. He literally jumped out of his shoes and just gone to try to go where his son was going. And Bob tells that story, and you just see it. You know, you just you see what that means. When we were talking about this Thursday night or Tuesday night, uh, Justin immediately picked up on it and said, that's what you can say about Jesus. You know, he leapt out of heaven to come to earth to be with us. That's how much he loves us. That's how much he wants us to be with him. Uh, that word with, very, very important. And if you leave here today, take that word with you. Because what I want you to know from the parable of the prodigal son and from the story of the whole entire Bible is it's really about that. God wants you with him. And he went to every length necessary to make that happen, including sending his own son to die in your place. He wants you with him that much. In just a few moments, we're going to stand up. We're going to pray. And I just want you to have time to respond. You, know, you don't respond to me, you respond to God. So whatever's in your mind, whatever's in your heart, you just take that to God. Uh, you can pray where you stand. You can come forward and pray up here. I'll be standing down front if you want someone to pray with you. But this is your time to respond. God wants you with him.
All right, let's stand together. Our Father in heaven, we are amazed at what you did for us. And you want us with you. Thank you. Thank you for making salvation available. My prayer today is for every person here that they'll respond to you, the things that you've prompted them, the things that you've uh, brought to their mind, to their attention. We give you this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm -hmm.